Welcome back to, to the, the Dead, Dead to the, the World, World podcast. Tosh. Oh, I'm Tasha. <laughs> you always. <laughs> I'm Lexi, and I'm Mama Dawn. Whoa! And I was distracted. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to yell. I distracted am, by what? I Tosh? am Mama Dawn. <laughs> better, oh, much better. <laughs> okay, go ahead. You were the one that said something. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's beautiful. Go I thought ahead, you were. Go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah, go that's ahead. what I was doing. Yeah, well, from Pitch right. Perfect. I know. Well, today's episode <laughs> is about sleep paralysis. Scary sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis is scary. I want to start by saying sleep paralysis is a real thing. It is a real thing. And people never deal with it, it on a daily. No, I'm just saying, like, the more I researched for this topic today, I was like, oh my goodness, like, this is like a legitimate something that people have to suffer with yeah that's scary well and the one thing too that i want to say is that my stories today part of it is like scientific stories and part of it is like more along the paranormal side and i just want to make sure that it's clear like i totally believe that sometimes sleep paralysis is something paranormal and sometimes it is just you are being paralyzed because you haven't completely come out of your like REM state when you wake up. And if you don't know the details of what we're talking about right now, go back and listen to the first sleep paralysis episode that we did. Yeah, because this one is just going to be more stories about it. So yeah. we've already done a whole episode about what it is. It is episode six, Old Hag, Is That You? Oh, yeah, it's a creepy. Also, since the Met Gala just happened just a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I saw a picture that someone posted of Kris Jenner from it. Uh, someone commented on the picture and said, she looks like one of my sleep paralysis demons. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's which is terrible. so mean. But I laughed so hard. <laughs> um, Lexi, I actually saw um, another picture in regards to, like, the Met Gala and, like, like your demon or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to post that. Yeah, we will. Anyway... I'm going first today, I believe. Yay! And if you can't recognize my voice still, a year later, this is Lexi. <laughs> is this my birthday episode? Um, oh my no. gosh. No, wait. In a couple weeks. The one after this would be my birthday episode. I don't know. Let me... Me making sure that everyone says happy birthday to me. <laughs> Let me consult the calendar. My magic eight ball calendar. Yeah, this, this one would be coming episode. out on May 15th. Oh, no. So the 22nd. The next one. The next mm-hmm. one is my birthday. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you wanted to say it, like, before your birthday or the day after your birthday. No, we can say it the day after. That makes more sense than a okay. week before. This is Lexi, and I'm going to start talking more now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll be quiet. Let you talk more now. So I got my stories from a website called Lucid Dreaming Society, um, and the article was just titled Sleep Paralysis Stories. So these are shorter stories, but very creepy, very interesting. So here we go. The first one is titled Footsteps in the Hallway. Also, it seems like this website got these from Reddit and people emailing submissions into them. Okay. So that's where the stories are from. But I got them from this website. Capiche? Capiche. (laughs) Okay. It says, One night I woke up to what I thought was the sound of footsteps in my hallway. I was laying on my back, which immediately made me confused and a bit nervous because I never sleep on my back. 
I tried to turn my head to see where the sound was coming from, but I couldn't move at all. The panic set in, and I heard the source of footsteps come into my room. Now, although I could not see the figure, I knew it was a home invader. I could feel him standing on the opposite side of my bed, silently staring down at me. He had some sort of weapon in his right hand. I believe it was a knife. I swear my heart has never dropped in race like that in my entire life. I kept trying and trying to move or scream, but I was frozen in place, and it felt like hours. That is terrifying. So scary. I would just hate to be like, whether it's hours or not, just that feeling of it being so long. Yeah. That is alone just like terrifying. I think God knew I couldn't handle sleep paralysis. So he gave you other things. So to he fear. gave me. Oh, trust me, I got plenty of other things, but <laughs> I genuinely think I would be, I'm too much of a scaredy cat to get past sleep paralysis and just be able to sleep. I would be so scared every night. Oh, yeah. So I feel for these people. Okay, my next one is titled Inaudible Whispers. It says, my mind woke up and my entire body, including my face, was under the covers and unable to move. I couldn't see a thing. I worried for a brief moment when I discovered I couldn't move at all. Then things got scarier. I felt an enormous amount of pressure on my chest. I had the feeling as though this spirit or whatever it was had its face only inches away from mine. If this wasn't enough, I heard inaudible whispers in both ears and pounding on the wall adjacent to the bed. I began to cry because that's all I could physically do, and in my mind, I was screaming as loud as I could, but nothing came out. I began to struggle, but I finally burst awake, sat up immediately still crying, and the room was silent. Wow. I think hearing whispers is super creepy. Or the fact that her face was under the covers. Yeah. And like you just feel a presence, but Mm -hmm. you can't see. But you can't see what it is. Okay, the next one is called Sleep Paralysis Loop. I was lying in bed at night when I realized my body was rigidly locked in place. It was uncomfortable. I tried moving around, but then my body started rising off the bed, just a few inches, a terrifying sensation that then woke me up. Such a relief. It was just a weird dream. Suddenly, I was rigid again, and there was an eerie green glow outside my window, and then I woke up. That was disturbing. I'd somehow been dreaming again with no recollection of having fallen back asleep. Suddenly, I was even more rigidly locked up than before, floating so far off the bed I almost was at the ceiling, and the eerie green glow was brighter than before. I panicked and woke up. This time, I was actually awake. Sleep sleep paralysis within sleep paralysis within sleep paralysis. Dreaming of being exactly where I was in my own bed at night within the same dream within the same dream. That's that's Inception, man. Yeah, that's crazy. That is crazy. That would suck, though. It's just every time you wake up, you think you're fine, but then you just start freaking being paralyzed and floating again i heard another podcast the other day that was talking a little bit about inception and she's like don't make me explain it to you i'll let south park do it and then she played the south park clip where they're like it's like a dream within a dream inside a mcdonald's inside a kfc (laughs) what (laughs) i don't remember exactly how it went something like that though it was kind of funny that's funny okay and then my last one uh decaying man on my bed Ooh. Ooh. It happened when I was about 12 years old and I was obsessed with Justin Bieber, so much that I had a poster of him next to my bed. At the time I fell asleep, sleeping sideways on my bed so that I was facing my mirror and I could see the poster next to me. I woke up, not being able to move, and instead of seeing my Justin Bieber poster, I saw a mangled, decaying man sitting on the edge of my bed staring at me. No. I was so scared that all I could do was close my eyes and hope that it went away. I took the poster down after that night. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, me I too. would too. Yeah. 
Peace out with that poster. Yeah. So those are my spooky little sleep paralysis stories. Those were some good ones. You were right. Short but scary. I know. I feel like that went by so fast, but my it's four pages long. So short. But I did not, my dudes. <laughs> you're just an excellent reader. Well, thank you. You didn't have a lisp today. That's what did it. Particularly. <laughs> Particularly. I was gonna say those were short but not sweet. Oh, that's Ooh. true. Short but scary. Short but scary. Okay, well then I guess it's on to me. This is Mama Don. You know, because I sound completely different from Lexi and Tasha. <laughs> so I got uh, the first part of my information from mentalhealthdaily.com. And it's uh, per- sleep paralysis is a phenomenon. Phenomenon. Dun, 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 dun. Phenomenon. Dun, 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 dun. Phenomenon. Okay. That occurs during transit, the transitionary, transitory, trans transitory (laughs) okay occurs during transitory phases of sleep so when you're falling asleep or when you're waking up it is characterized by the body being rendered immobile as a result of REM sleep with full or semi-conscious awareness during this time a person may experience hallucinations such as sensing and present the presence of an evil entity feeling as if they are being attacked or feel as if they are detached from their physical body so that is my little scientific synopsis. I just thought I'd throw in here in case you hadn't listened to the other one. Good idea. Uh, the first one is called The Murderous Woman. So this is from a sleep study uh, that they did. So these, this is very scientific. So in one documented case, a 35-year-old married man enlisted the help of an addict center. Sorry, of an addiction center. An addict <laughs> Not an center? addict center. <laughs> Uh, He had been drinking alcohol for over a decade, was tolerant to its effect, and had a difficult time coping with alcohol withdrawal symptoms. He had a history with a couple of periods of uh, abstinence from alcohol, but for the most part was a heavy drinker. The man was relapsing and was given a psychiatric referral to the addiction center. He had a comorbid? Hmm. I Sorry, I didn't think about that word before. I don't really even know what that means. A comorbid history of panic attacks. So I guess before this happened, he had panic attacks. Okay, I think that's what it means. Like before he was an alcoholic or before being referred to the psychiatric center, he already had panic attacks, which were reported as increasing in severity and frequency throughout the past several years. The man elaborated about how the panic attack symptoms start to occur while he is asleep. Professionals then realized that he was experiencing recurring bouts of sleep paralysis. His specific case involved seeing an unknown, mysterious woman standing aside his bed and threatening to murder him. In his experience, he thought that she was attempting to restrain his muscles, i.e. render him immobile, while choking him. At this point during his sleep paralysis episodes, he would be cognizant of her presence, but was unable to move. He described himself as being completely powerless to overcome her attempts to murder him. As he tried to move his arms and legs or shout for help, he realized that there was nothing he could do, which left him in a state of panic, hence him describing panic attacks during his sleep. It was reported that these sleep paralysis hallucinations of the mysterious woman would persist for several minutes, an estimated time from two to five minutes, that left the man completely distraught. These sleep paralysis episodes had begun approximately eight years before the man reported them and generally occurred two to three times per year. 
Within the year of being admitted for psychiatric help, the man began to experience an increase in these episodes at a rate of two per week. This left the man in a state of full-blown panic with heart palpitations, anxiety, and insomnia. He also believed that something bad was going to happen to him. He, uh, his sleep paralysis hallucinations of the murderous woman was what contributed to his relapse in chronic drinking. With proper medical intervention and guidance, he was able to overcome his case of sleep paralysis. Wow. So I thought that was interesting that it was only two or three times per year. But then when he was stopping drinking and getting the psychiatric help, they increased to two per week. So that might have been even what started him drinking in the first place. Yeah, maybe. Was to try to get relaxed enough to sleep without having a sleep paralysis. Mm, I don't know. That would be really hard. That would be very hard. Uh, The second story of this article is called Visual Imagery with Strange Sensations. A second documented report of a sleep paralysis story involved a 22-year-old woman who experienced bouts of paralysis spanning over two years. Her sleep paralysis began as a result of a sustained car accident. Although she didn't experience any head trauma, she did endure an injury of a broken ankle. It should be thought that the woman also experienced significant psychological distress as a result of the accident. She recalled the accident being intensely terrifying, and post-accident, she began having sleep problems. The sleep problems likely consisted of sleep deprivation, insomnia, and inability to effectively transition through the sleep cycles as a result of the psychological stress. As she recovered from her accident, she began to notice sleep paralysis episodes characterized by perceived fear or sensed presence, which would be an intruder hallucination, and the inability to breathe, which they titled as an incubus hallucination. So I had to look that up because in other things I've listened to, an incubus hallucination would be um, a male spirit having sexual intercourse with a sleeping woman. Yeah. So I'm like, "Mm, I don't think that's what she's describing. But when you just Google incubus hallucination, it actually comes up with the old hag syndrome. So like somebody sitting on you causing chest pressure, excuse me, chest pressure, difficulty breathing, and in some cases, a perception of physical pain from them sitting on you. Interesting. So I, I don't know why... I mean, they, they're they both correct. That's I mean, they're just funny. different things. One's they're, a hallucination, one is a demon. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Maybe that's maybe an incubus is the demon. And if you say you're having an incubus hallucination, it's the old hag. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Let's see. On occasion, she would experience both auditory and visual hallucinations that involved feeling of a foreign presence, seeing shadows, or hearing footsteps. In her case, most episodes experienced occurred at random times throughout the night, not adhering to any specific pattern. She claimed that they began occurring randomly, such as on a weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, or bi-monthly basis. Eventually, they started increasing in frequency. She claimed to have experienced multiple episodes per night or even during daytime naps. The strange imagery she experienced was disturbing, and she avoided seeking professional help because she didn't want to be thought of as having a mental illness or psychosis. Her case was diagnosed as recurrent isolated sleep paralysis, a subtype that affects only about 3% of all sleep paralysis sufferers. She was able to fully overcome her sleep paralysis episodes by increasing her sleep duration to eight and a half hours per night and maintain a sleep diary. Hmm. 
So those are some interesting tips, maybe. Yeah, outcomes. And then the last one from this article is called the incubus. Oh. <laughs> but it's not sexual. <laughs> a third documented report of sleep paralysis uh, paralysis involved a 53-year-old woman who believed that the devil was attacking her. She had complained of occasional headaches and inflammation of her breasts with muscle soreness throughout the day. As soon as she would drift off to sleep, she believed that the devil was lying on top of her, attempting to restrain her and choke her. This same woman also experienced episodes in which she was being choked by a dog or a thief. Ooh. She made numerous attempts to remove the devil, dog, or thief from her breast area, but wasn't able to move. She claimed that she was unable to speak and had a difficult time breathing. Only on occasion was she able to consciously awaken herself during her distressful episode of sleep paralysis. It was extremely challenging for her to wake herself up during the sleep paralysis episode. During the occasions in which she was able to wake up, she claimed that she had to sit up straight in order to catch her breath. In certain cases, she would experience the same episode of paralysis after she woke up. In other words, the devil would be back to sitting on her breast, restricting her breathing, and attempting to suffocate her. This was one of the earliest cases of sleep paralysis in which the incubus hallucinations were documented. She was medically advised to drink less, exercise, and sleep moderately, and be cautious of sleeping on her back. So... Tosh, this kind of goes along with your dream. Let's see. Drink less, eat cereal, exercise, <laughs> sleep moderately, get help. Wow. <laughs> help. If that you solves listen all to my our, problems. If you listen to our anniversary episode, you know what I'm referring to. Um, so the common themes of sleep paralysis stories, which we've kind of talked about, uh, most episodes of sleep paralysis are characterized by fear or powerlessness, uh, secondary hallucinations and Symptoms such as a demon, an evil person, an alien, or some other entity in the room, and other reoccurring cases, some individuals are able to overcome the fear and then end up having a positive yet unusual sensory experience. And we did talk about that a little bit in the original episode where someone would realize they were having a sleep paralysis episode and they would just relax and try to make it funny and then they'd fall back to sleep and be able to lucid dream at that point. So, but I do have. Uh, a personal uh, sleep paralysis story that I found on a different website. Sleep paralysis, one story in a life of abductions is from uh, Joe Held is the writer and um, it's from inform informantnews.com. So it says, Joe had been thinking earlier that evening that maybe they were finally leaving him alone. After all, it had been several years since he remembered seeing them in the house. The thought of them, their appearance, no matter how many times Joe had seen them, whether in person or in pictures or movies, the gray aliens were not a sight he could get used to. Even as a child, he remembers being sadistically cruel to grasshoppers, to a point that now 45 years of age, he is very ashamed of it. But those eyes, so similar to the spindly creatures that haunted him and taunted him in the night. It's the grasshoppers coming back for revenge. <laughs> yeah. Big. Are you being serious? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Just the way you said it, like you're so calm. I like, was saying it like I was creeped out. Gotcha. Okay, sorry, I ruined Okay, sorry, there. I interrupted your story. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, so why could they never appear during the day, he wondered. And the smell. Sometimes at night before he went to sleep, he could smell their presence in the house. Ew. Somehow they would be there, but not there. 
as if they ha- were able to shift in and out of our reality interdimensionally. Scent is the strongest trigger in recalling lost memories. The scent was one that you would never forget. The combination smell of sulfur, ammonia, and boiled eggs, something akin to a stink bomb, Joe, excuse me, Joe, his name's Joe, something akin to a stink bomb Joe would have created when he was a kid. That night, he sensed that they would be there, but a gut feeling is no reason to be afraid, he would think. Better take the clonopin to sleep just in case, though. His wife would sleep on the couch as she always did. She loved that couch and always fell asleep watching television. Joe was off to bed at about 10.30 p.m., drowsy from the tranquilizer. He fell asleep almost immediately. His eyes popped wide open. He was wide awake, laying on his stomach, staring straight at the digital alarm clock, its bright red display glowing at him, 2.20 a.m. He could hear the loud sound of something pulsing throughout the house. His room was rotating in color, like an old-fashioned Christmas display light that had a rotating disc. You would put it on the floor facing the tree, and it would bathe the area in a revolving display of about four colors. Only now, the entire room was bathed in colors. His first attempt to move, sensing someone was standing behind the bed, he couldn't budge. All of a sudden, the fear became intense. He tried to speak at first, but nothing. He couldn't budge a finger, not a toe, as the light and the sound went on around him. Now he was frantic. He tried to scream, but like a bad dream or a nightmare, no vocations were allowed. He continued to panic and free himself to no avail. This went on until 2.22, an eternity, when finally the light started to subdue. Just at the moment the light subdued and the pulsing hum began to diminish in intensity, and just at that precise moment Joe was able to free himself and literally flew backwards using every muscle like it was bound up, springing ready to burst. If there had been someone behind the bed, he would have, like he felt earlier, he would have sprung backwards right into them, or it. Spinning around to check the room, then running into the front room to head to the front door, he encountered Lori, his wife, who was sitting on the couch from a dead sleep asking, what just happened, Joe? She was looking very puzzled and confused. Joe just replied, I think they were here, and made a mad dash out the door to observe the sky. Seeing nothing after a couple of minutes of scanning the sky, he went back inside the house. By this time, Lori was a little more alert. She again began asking Joe what had just happened. She had thought that they were under attack by helicopters, shining lights all over the place. Joe told her of his experience and then sat there bewildered for about an hour before they both tried to get back to sleep. Waking a little late for the day, Joe and Lori were sitting at the kitchen having a coffee and trying to figure out what had happened the previous night. It was probably about 10 a.m. when a knock came at the door. It was the neighbor Eli who lived with his wife Frances about a quarter mile back from Joe and Lori down a dirt road. Eli was very excited. He said that he had seen a huge UFO last night. It had been hovering about uh, out behind his house when he had stepped out of the porch around 2 a.m. or so. Eli is the kind of down-to-earth hillbilly with a heart of gold. He is also a night owl since he keeps an eye on his wife when she sleeps because she has breathing problems. When he first observed the object, it was hovering above some trees about 100 yards out behind his property. He stated that as soon as he saw it, it dove from about 1,000 feet at what he said was at least 200 miles per hour, not making a sound. It dove from its position directly over his house, headed south towards Joe and Lori's house. 
He said he thought it was going to crash right into the house, but then it just stopped and hovered over it for an instant. It hovered no more than 100 feet above the house and was at least four times larger than the house and yard combined. He said it just hovered there, so he ran into the house to call the sheriff. After thinking it a joke, and about 10 minutes later, the sheriff agreed to come out and talk to Eli. Eli went immediately back outside, and the UFO was still hovering. He said it was about 80 to 100 yards in diameter, had a saucer shape with multicolored lights around the perimeter, which changed colors at a seemingly... At, oh, excuse me, changed color and seemingly pulsed. The craft overall had a dull gray appearance, yet seemed to be noticeably luminescent. It glowed lightly, in Eli's words. At this point, Eli noticed the craft also made a low-pitched humming or pulsating sound as it hovered over. He said he could feel it like a vibration in his body. He said it also had a tail-like protrusion in a V-shape, about 50 feet long and about 8 to 10 feet in diameter. It looked like a tailpipe, according to Eli. To hear him describe it, it came to a V-shape type shield pattern that you might see on a motorcycle on American Chopper, only on a much larger scale. Also, according to Eli, the tailpipe had a purple-green mist or steam coming out of it in which it was also luminescent or glowing. It illuminated the inside of the tailpipe, in other words. He said the tailpipe was facing him from the back of the craft, and at this point it sped away at an astonishing rate of speed. It then stopped about a half mile away over some treetops, hovered there for a few seconds before zipping up and out of sight at a 45-degree angle. It sped away as fast as a bullet, in Eli's words. Eli proceeded to say the sheriff did come out and talk to him, but they, he more or less laughed at the whole thing, not so much as taking a single note about the incident. The sheriff told Eli that he had probably seen a, B a B-12 stealth that is based no more than a couple miles away. For some reason, Joe and Lori had not noticed the sheriff and activity Eli had been up to, though Eli's property and driveway are mostly out of sight from their residence. When asked by Joe and Lori why he hadn't bothered to come and tell them what he had just seen, Eli reported that he was afraid to bother or wake them up, but came up in the morning as soon as he felt it was appropriate. Joe, Lori, Eli, and his wife all live in the country away from many neighbors. Joe and Lori later examined themselves and found small puncture wounds on their right inner thigh. Both Joe and Lori, Joe and Lori noticed BB-like objects beneath their skin down in the inner calf area Ew. on the same leg. That's so creepy. And they said in time they burrowed deeper inside until they could no longer be felt or seen. Joe and Lori would attribute the whole incident to sleep paralysis if it were not the fact that they had a witness to the very strange event on that same evening. That and the fact that after previous incidents of this nature— or abductions, as Joe knows them to be. He and Lori had seen the creatures before, always after the event had taken place, as if they had, were taunting the couple. It's easier not to believe in UFOs and aliens. Joe and Lori would like to not believe. They try to keep the subject out of their everyday life as much as possible, to live a normal life like everybody else. Besides, everyone knows that people who see UFOs are crackpots, right? And someone who claims to have been abducted and taken into the UFO, well, they belong in an institution. Millions of people worldwide claim that they have been abducted and had experiences. When a survey was done, it was found that most people who have seen a UFO or have had an alien encounter are just as sane, intelligent, and hardworking as the rest of the population. 
For Joe and Lori, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of fact. The hardest fact being that there is nowhere to go for something like this. Nothing mainstream. So for the most part, people like Joe and Lori must live on the edge, keeping their secrets to themselves, wondering when and what the creatures will do next. They do not feel that these beings are friendly or here to help them. They feel like victims, taken against their will and without their consent, subject to cruel and violating procedures. Poof. Man. That, I don't even know how to respond to that <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's so much. Yeah, but I, that's what I was saying. Um, I mean, I'm I'm definitely open-minded to all kinds of happenings. Mm-hmm. So do I believe some people have been abducted by FEOs? Absolutely. I am wearing my alien shirt today. You so are? I think. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And I, I imagine, I mean, the few people that have spoke out about it, and gone in the press, they just get crucified basically by the public, you know, about, oh, yeah, there's no way that happened. You just dreamed it or whatever. So I can totally understand them not, you know, really wanting to be identified and have it talked about. I think that I've heard a story very similar to one of those before, too, on a different podcast. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was the same one. Could I don't think been. so, though. I mean, it is a public ep- or a public. Thing. It was easily findable <laughs> yeah what am i trying to say if i found it somebody else could have found it too is what i'm saying mm-hmm. so interesting i definitely think people have been abducted by aliens though totally well didn't we think that one time that jennifer woke up with that blood like yeah. spot was like hmm interesting yeah where she was like dreaming at, like she was at the airport and there was that alien dude with the staff or it was like an arrow like a bow and arrow but it was more used like a staff and he was, like, coming at her, giving her the evil eye. Yeah, that would just be, I don't know. You never know, you know? You never know. <laughs> no, you don't know. There's all kinds of stuff out there. We definitely haven't experienced everything that there is to experience. And to be honest, I don't want to experience everything there is to experience because some of us, some of it is not that great. Yeah. But I do want to just say, so I shared this on our nap time stare. Uh, why am I having such a hard time talking? I apologize. <laughs> the on our... Nap time episode that just uh, released a couple of weeks ago, I talked about a guy that I work with that has sleep paralysis episodes. And he said the one thing that he was taught that totally has worked for him is to imagine putting his arms across his chest and just falling backwards. We said that in the last episode. Yeah, we said that. Yeah, it just posted in oh. the nap time episode. Yeah. But when this comes out, it'll be a couple of weeks later. Gotcha. <laughs> so, so, yes, it, it posted today, <laughs> but you're going to hear this episode in a couple of weeks. But, yeah, so I definitely want to make sure that more people hear that. So if you're listening to this because you've dealt with sleep paralysis, give it a try and then let it, let me know if it works. Dead to the world podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> All right, Tasha Squasha, that's my stuff. Okay. So I found a few stories from a sleep paralysis, like, let's say, support page. Oh, okay. Um, And so I did just want to read a few of those. Um, So, yeah, here we go. So my first one that I found here, um, they say, hey, like, I'm new to this group, and I believe what I experienced last night was my first sleep paralysis. She goes on to say, I dreamt that I was in a room. That looked like my brother's, but it was more attic-like. I was sitting on the floor next to this girl who had black wavy hair. She was tall and thin and fair-skinned. 
I believed she was wearing a white shirt. I would say she was around my age, which would be in our 20s. My mother, or excuse me, a woman's voice from the hallway called out to this girl to come. She looked at me and told me that she would be right back. When she came back, her eyes were completely white and she had a demonic-like smile on her face. I heard the woman's voice in the hallway call out, You're next. I had this weird feeling that the woman in the hallway was a satanic witch. I crawled back as the girl reached out her hands to me and I started to shriek, No! The closer she got, I felt a voice being muffled and taken away, or excuse me, I felt my voice being muffled and taken away and felt my body tighten. My arms to my side and my whole body was being pushed down. The closer she came, the more I felt like I was being sucked out of the dream. As I woke up, I gasped out loud and felt a tingling sensation around my body, but mostly my head. Hmm. So they were having headaches, then they had this dream. Which she is saying she believes it was like a sleep paralysis episode. Mm -hmm. And then when she woke up, her whole body was like hot and tingly, but mostly around her head. Interesting. Interesting. That is weird. And the person came back with the like weird eyes and stuff. So it sounds like whatever the demonic entity that they went out to in the hallway, like changed them in their their head. I guess. Interesting. Um, Another one that I have, they say I started... Um, experiencing sleep paralysis at a young age. I can exact I can't exactly say when, but I was young. Then, when I started growing up, I think I was maybe the age of fifteen. I started to do some research because of the episodes I was having. I came to the conclusion that these were absolutely real. Although I have never experienced anything like having difficulties with breathing or something or someone on my chest, I did I did experience other things like not being able to move or talk. For example, one dream I remember was there was a hand coming out of nowhere and grabbed my leg. I fought it till I managed to snap out of the episode. I could still feel that something had grabbed my leg. Like, it happened. Later, I was in a boarding school sleeping on a top of the bunker bed. I was looking at one point, focusing all my attention, and then immediately I trapped myself into an episode. How was I able to know that indeed I was trapped or how would everything become so quiet and peaceful? Like the time I had stopped or when I had tried to move my body and head, it became so hard. I felt that the presence of another person was sleeping right next to me. I managed to move my head and saw the person, his face, was facing the other different side like an owl. Then creepily he rotated his face to me and I managed to tap out. Ew. My gosh. Very creepy. I just can't believe, like, experiencing some of these. Because, I mean, like, when you have nightmares, those are scary enough. And sometimes it takes you a while to fall back asleep with that. But then having something like sleep paralysis, like, I just can't imagine the, like, intensity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I w- not that I want to experience it. But I think if I had, then I could have more empathy. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Because so, we don't know ourselves. I mean, Sebastian has given us his, you know, firsthand accounts of how it feels, and it definitely does not feel good. Yeah. Yeah. He, it really freaks him out, and he doesn't get scared very easily. <laughs> um, so there is another one I have. It says, Hello, all. I forced myself to wake up about 40 minutes ago. Um, 
When I had a sleep paralysis thing happen to me, I hear voices in the distance, and sometimes they're mumbled or sometimes they're clear, either evil laughing, groups outside mumbling, stacking dishes, etc. I cannot move, but can move at the same time. For me, it's almost like I can't move, but I know that I can't move, and my mind plays tricks on me into thinking that I have moved or been moving to get out of this paralysis. She says in parentheses, tonight I tried hitting my head on the bedside table a few times. Of course, this actually didn't happen, but the thought was a good way to wake myself up. I would never purposely hurt myself in life, so it was a last resort after trying to scream my lungs out for what felt like hours. Wow. Well, and I wonder if that's kind of like the same effect as falling backwards. Like you're doing something you normally just wouldn't do, but it like snaps you out of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause it would be like, it would hurt in real life or possibly mm-hmm. like be damaging to yourself. So yeah. yeah, I can see that maybe that'd be a reason. Um, she does also say that she carries out full conversations with people or hears others carry full conversations. Um, but then she doesn't have any recollection of them like waking up. Recollection. Recollection. Thank you. So she knows that happens, but she couldn't tell you what it was. Yeah. Like she basically saying like waking up or asking them like, oh, what was your conversation? But it never really happened. Hmm. Um, so she just, you know, basically shared a few things like for her personal uh, sleep paralysis experiences. So, of course, everybody probably doesn't experience like the same thing. Well, yeah. And I, I like your take on it because it's very different, but that actually is more believable than everybody experiencing the same thing. And not that mine all experienced the same thing, but they were very similar in their, like, fear and what they were seeing or hearing. And yours is, like, they're not necessarily always seeing someone. Exactly. And so I actually, that goes with my very next one, is um, an individual commented on this post. And they said, I've been having sleep paralysis for almost 50 years. I've never experienced demons or shadows. It's always just like dreaming, and for whatever reason, I'm stuck. I had an episode two days ago, and I started talking. My wife said that I was practically yelling, loud enough to wake her up, which at the time, she shook me awake. My sleep paralysis has evolved from not being able to move or speak or breathe to at least being able to breathe and talk. I feel like I can move a little, but not enough really to wake myself up. Interesting. So they can move enough to alert their partner that right. something's going on. Or wake, or like the what's going on in their sleep paralysis then in turn, you know, does wake up their partner. Gotcha. Um, someone also did comment saying that um, they've had it all and even worse. They did say it was so bad one time I could be sitting in the living room chair or a couch and I would be sitting up and my entire body would not move. The worst part is when some force would bang my head against the wall. What? That's so scary, actually. Yeah, terrifying. I don't... That just, like, brought back a weird memory. I don't think I was having sleep paralysis. But I remember once I fell asleep on the couch. I think I maybe was, like, in sixth grade or something, watching TV. And I woke up, and I... No, I'm pretty sure I had sleep paralysis once, and I just didn't even realize that that's what it was. Because I woke up kind of on my stomach on the couch and I felt like I couldn't move. And I was trying to look around to see if anyone was home because it was weird that no one would be home mm-hmm. at that time. Mm-hmm. And then I felt like I heard like a really loud banging noise and then I was able to move. 
And I remember it freaked me out. And I called you and was like, where is everybody? I'm scared. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that does sound like you might have experienced oh my gosh. it. Once in my life. I never knew. <laughs> I never knew. I must have blocked it out, honestly. I mean. Well, and I think, too, if if you, because I think nowadays with all of the podcasts and different things, like these kind of topics are getting talked about more than they used to be. Yeah, that's true. So if you'd never heard about it, you didn't have anything to connect it to. So then you just forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I did find on this group, which was really interesting, is, um, and we could maybe share the scale, uh, but they shared a scale, basically a scale of consciousness, where someone basically mentioned that your vibrational energy has to be higher. So they go on to saying that like their sleep paralysis used to be terrible and very traumatic, but since they kind of live fear-free and expanded like the heart and energy, like love toward others and themselves, their like vibration of energy hired and therefore their lucid dreaming and uh, sleep paralysis like lowered in intensity. That's a good way to think about it. Yeah. Um, And that just goes with... You know, like when you're angry, you get a low vibration. And when you're really happy, you get a higher vibration. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. Yeah, like I if thought you that think cool. about it that way, it's like you're basically repelling negativity. Exactly. And then also, of course, just like some we've mentioned previously before, but a lot of times in here that I've seen in this group is they've mentioned, you know, do not sleep on your back, as we've mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also someone mentioned don't eat two hours before you go to bed. Hmm. Um, is one, if you're able to talk, um, like tell yourself that, that you hear yourself, um, basically focus on your mind, like wiggle your toes, you know, pop, popular methods of like be connecting back with your body essentially. Mm-hmm. So I just thought those were some interesting um, comments. Yeah, some good advice. And I'm not going to share this particular name of this group, um, but I mean, essentially just you can Google uh, or on Facebook thread, you know, just search sleep paralysis groups or whatever. If that's something you're interested in finding, there's tons that you could go join. Oh, because you're saying it probably has the name of the city that they're from or the area they're well, from. Well, it has their name and like, I'm sure you could go stalk them if you really wanted to be a weirdo. Um, no. So I'm just not going to share exactly what group I'm in, but. No, that's good. That's a good idea. So thanks for being cod- conscious of other people's privacy. Of course. Creepy, creepy sleep paralysis. But yeah, I mean, I... I think I mentioned at one point in our last one that one time I tried, essentially, yeah, I just like laid down and like <laughs> meditated and just like tried to like, I don't know. It was interesting. And oh my goodness, as I said, that barrel just hopped up on my lap and it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> <laughs> like, hi, mommy. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? Because he wants to record. That was so funny. That was so scary. Anyways, I like my heart jumped literally. <laughs> um, oh, wow. Anyways, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't suggest it because... It can be scary. It, it is something that people deal with that they don't want to deal with. So mm-hmm. I'm sure if they could take it with, well, I wouldn't say I don't think they'd give it to someone else. But I'm sure if they didn't have to deal with it, <laughs> they would they be happy. It. Yeah. So those are my fall backwards. Today. Yep. Just fall backwards. Don't sleep on your back. <laughs> so well, good. That was fun. It's it's nice to now that we're like kind of coming around on the different parasomnias. And we've already talked about the science, so now we can just talk about the stories. It's kind of fun. It is fun. I like it. I like stories. Thank you for emailing us. We appreciate everyone who's been with us along for the journey and the ride. And we just appreciate your listen and your support and your follows and everything. Here's to year two. Woohoo! Woo-hoo.
All right. Well, join us next time to find out what happens when we are dead to the world. Ah! <laughs>